and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another wonderful Wednesday. Is it a wonderful Wednesday, friends? I think it is a wonderful Wednesday. I I, I lose track of time sometimes. No, it's a thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. Oh my gosh, where does the time go? More fun than you can shake a stick at. Today, friends, Torch Report 300, 300. It's an auspicious number. We will be talking about the Nord Stream bombing, the Baltic Sea bombing, and of course, the New World Order. Now, I don't want to start out by saying I told you so, but you probably already knew, I guess, right? I, you know, last September, if you've been with me for a while, then you know Torch Report 207, I was I was all hopping up and down, all excited, like, this is it, the Baltic Sea bombing, this is a major deal, this is what I said. I said, as the world keeps turning, so too does the U.S. deep state continue to manipulate global affairs and fleece the American people. It is as predictable as it is disturbing. But every once in a while... Their meddling risks triggering an unstoppable series of geopolitical events that lead directly to truly catastrophic consequences, which is where we're at today. We think about World War I, World War II, and the other war. Now we're on the verge of World War III, continuing on. Intentional or not, the Baltic Sea bombing is going to affect us all at the local level. Yesterday, I pointed out that the mainstream media was pretty much ignoring what just happened on the bottom of the Baltic Sea. Someone had just bombed the Nordic Stream pipelines, which is huge, but the word was mum. And I followed that little excerpt there with the bold declaration that this is an act of war. Here's the thing. This was an act of war. I've not seen anyone else make this declaration just yet, but I would expect these words would crop up in the narrative at some point in the near future. Now, I'll leave it up to you to decide. Uh, Those words were written in September. Now we're here in February. And, uh, you know, is that the near future? I don't know, you know, but yesterday... While the mainstream media, the lamestream media, was out there spinning their web of deceit and congratulating the head deceiver on his impeccable lies during the State of the Union address, there was some real news breaking outside of the mainstream echo chamber. To wit, uh, famed investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch, he dropped a bombshell on his substack, no less. He just started a substack because, hey, you know what? Substack lets people... You know, put their information out there and let people decide what is and isn't true, right? Okay, but he drops this bombshell report on Substack that spells out exactly how the U.S. deep state planned the Nord Stream bombing months in advance, months before Putin ever invaded Ukraine. Says the Hirsch report, and I quote, over the next several meetings, the participants debated options for an attack. The Navy proposed using a newly commissioned submarine to assault the pipeline directly. The Air Force discussed dropping bombs with delayed fuses that could be set off remotely. The CIA argued that whatever was done, it would have to be covert. Everyone involved understood the stakes. This is not kitty stuff, the source said. If the attack were traceable to the United States, it's an act of war. Friends, it is an act of war, just as I said. And now the you know famed investigative journalist uh, Seymour Hirsch, he's saying it, and he's got the sources. He's talking to the people in the Air Force and the you know Navy and the CIA and all. This is not kitty stuff. It's an act of war, precisely as I said. Now, given that context, how do you expect 
the evil Russian tyrant might respond, you know, uh, especially given the fresh arrival of American tanks to complement the billions of dollars of U.S. military equipment that's already been being used to slaughter Russian troops. H- how do you think the evil Russian tyrant's going to respond? Ultimately, I suppose we're going to have to sit back and see. Uh, kind of surprised if there wasn't more in the headlines today about that, to be honest. I mean, surprised, not surprised, right? They're going to try to bury this. But ultimately, retaliation seems like a logical response. Nobody would, you know, wonder why Putin retaliated because it's an act of war. They blew up these pipelines, blah, blah, blah. You know, people are freezing in Europe because they blew up the pipelines. Now, let's not forget. Prior to this bombshell report and the inevitable escalation of tensions to come, Biden just got done telling the Ukrainians at the State of the Union speech that we'll be with you to the end, to the bitter end. We're going to be there, you know. And of course, the White House has quickly declared that, you know, this blog post by a renowned investigative journalist, oh, it's alleging U.S. involvement in the Nord Stream bombing, but it's utterly false and complete fiction. Lies, friends. But that's the story. What would you expect? Would you expect anything else from these lying shysters? Of course not. You know, they lie through their teeth every damn day. That's what they do for a living. They're politicians, right? Now, this serves to bring me back to the breakdown of the State of the Union speech, because not only was lying, lying Biden out there, you know, running his mouth, it was a choose your own reality presentation of falsehoods and fictions that ultimately fly in the face of facts. That's what it was. It's no wonder people are confused. Who do they believe? You know, what was lying Biden telling the truth? Is Biden's economy booming? Are we building back better? Or is there more to the story? These questions are, of course, rhetorical to anyone who doesn't have their head buried up their backside. And the point is that the truth no longer matters in the post-truth era. We were just talking about that, right? It was Monday. Now, the only thing that matters today is the story. And what's the story? And for the most part, we know that they own the story, both literally and figuratively, okay? Whether we're talking about the uh, the Trusted News Initiative and how a small group of people owned basically all the news around the world, you know, or we're talking about deep state censorship in cahoots with big tech, or we're talking about the Americans just generally passive acceptance of getting forcefully fleeced on a daily basis, it is abundantly clear who controls the story, and it's sure as hell not us, which is why, of course, it means so much to me that you would listen to little old me and why you, you know, it means so much, the greatest honor of all, of course, if you share the torch report with your friends, with your family, with your friends, with everyone you know. We got to get the word out because they control the story and doing so, they control people's belief and behavior. And this is, uh, this is a very bad thing, given that it's being wielded by the hands of a bunch of evildoers, the great global cabal. Now, uh, Getting back to that tall tale from Tuesday night, also known as the State of the Union speech, says Biden, and I quote, capitalism without competition is not capitalism, it's exploitation, end quote. Now, if this is true, (laughs) that capitalism without competition is exploitation, then the government is the greatest exploiter. Are they not? You know, you, you see the gaslighting here. Who can compete with the government? They can just change the rules. They can confiscate your assets. They can penalize you into compliance. They can simply regulate, investigate, and obliterate any business that doesn't toe their mark, right? If you don't want to join in their cool club of public-private partnerships, then you're toast, right? The government can eradicate competition at 
will. That's the reality of the situation. You need to pump more oil to keep the pr- gases priced down to, to lessen the pain at the pump. No, no permit for you. You know, instead, we're going to quadruple your taxes and regulate your industry into oblivion. And then we're going to blame you for people paying high gas prices at the pump. That's what happened in the State of the Union speech. You know, of course, all of this is for the greater good. It's to keep people safe. It's to save the planet. We know the story. It's all lies. But nevertheless, nevertheless, you know, these lies are what people believe. You know, whether it's cutting junk fees or slashing late fees on credit cards, By intervening in the private sector, no matter how good it sounds, no matter how they try it, do not try to sell it. Do not be deceived. You know, the government is asserting their authority to consolidate control. Put bluntly, there is no greater threat to competition and thus no greater exploitation than the government threatening private citizens into compliance with arbitrary and capricious regulations. That's the greatest, you know, that's that's the greatest threat to competition. It can't get any worse than that, you know. Now, you know, are those the words coming from a Wall Street fat cat? No, they're not. Look at me. If you're in the Patriot Club, you might be watching this video right now, and you see that I'm just an average, ordinary, everyday, ignorant peasant, okay? Uh, these are the words, in fact, coming from an ignorant peasant, you know, who can see this for what it is. You know, It's a raw abuse of power. If the government can regulate and crush a large enter- private enterprise, corporation, whatever, with all the high dollar lawyers and the legal defense, you know, how then, how in the hell is the average citizen like you or I supposed to stand up against the regime? You see what I'm saying here? If they can come straight for the big dog, they just rip them out. <laughs> I'm going to oppress you under government regulations and you must respect my authority. I am going to confiscate your business assets, tell you what you can and cannot do and how you can and cannot do it. And there's not a damn thing that you can do about it. I don't care about your lawyers, you know, we'll swat them off. And If that's the case, how can the average citizen stand up against the regime? It's a serious question. You know, I hope that makes sense. You know, if the government can attack them and steal their private property, then you and I, you and I are little more than an insect under the boot of tyrants. That's the reality. Now, that said, continuing uh, Joe's thoughts from above, Biden goes on to say the sock puppet says this. He says, we will prohibit airlines from charging up to $50 round trips for families just to sit together. Baggage fees are bad enough. They can't just treat your children like a piece of luggage. Americans are tired of being played for suckers. Pass the Junk Fee Prevention Act so companies stop ripping us off. For too long, the workers have been getting stiffed. Really? Wow. You know, that I, that sounds so inspiring. I, I can I just imagine the Democrats are flooding to the polls. You know, please, please stop, you know, treating my children like a piece of luggage. Stop ripping us off. I don't like getting stiffed. And I love the passive backhanded slight. You know, Americans are tired of getting played like suckers. That is exactly what Biden and his handlers are doing. They are treating us all. They are playing us all for suckers. Okay, this is. It's not the companies who are ripping us off here, friends. It's our own damn government. You know, if a company is ripping you off, you can go somewhere else or you can start your own company, right? That's the beauty of competition. But when the government is ripping you off, what do you do? Just bend over, you know, that's it. Now, just to, I want to 
Take a little side jaunt here into the state of the U.S. economy. And in the report today, there is a shot from the U.S. Debt Clock dot. Org. And friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, etc., you have to go to thetorchreport.com to get all the goodies and see this snapshot in time that says our U.S. national debt is $31.5 trillion. Mic drop. You know, whoa, that's a lot. You know, how much is that? That is, that is $246,867 per American taxpayer. What? That is, in fact, $94,321 per every man, woman, and child on the planet. So if you got kids or grandkids, they owe $94,000 in back taxes just to help cover and dig us out of the national debt that they keep adding to in record numbers. Trillions? They're going to print the trillion-dollar coin or mint the trillion-dollar coin. That's going to solve our problems, right? Wrong, you know? But if you look down here in these numbers, how, how about that debt-to-GDP ratio? You know, America's debt versus how much productivity we've got, you know, to pay off that debt. Back in the 1960s, it was pretty high. It was 53% uh, debt to GDP ratio. 1980, it was down 34%. 2000, it was up to almost 60%. That was in 2000. Fast forward 23 short years, friends, and what do we have? We have a debt to GDP ratio of 120%. 120% ratio. That means we have so much more debt that we can actually afford or pay for. Do you think that the average American citizen can afford to pay their fair share of our exorbitant national debt? You know, given the fact that two thirds of all households, you know, 66% of households make less than $100,000 per year, the math doesn't look good because these taxpayers owe $246,000 just to cover their fair share of the national debt. You know, I got but another screenshot in there. It's coming from the, the uh, government website that shows the breakdown of brackets and all that. But, you know, just for the record, the top 25% of income earners are already paying a lopsided 70% of all the taxes that are being extracted by the government, okay? Does that sound fair? 25% of people are paying 70% of all the money that, that funds all these damn social programs and, and promoting LGBTQ plus stuff in Afghanistan? I mean, that's what we're paying for here? To me, friends, this sounds like one in four ambitious Americans are busting their collective asses to support the freeloading whiners who keep screeching about their college debt, their baggage fees, and their right to cradle to grave entitlements. But what the hell do I know? I don't know. <laughs> By the way, friends, uh, did you know? Did you know that the federal income tax was ratified? It was only ratified in 1913, which means that. Big Gov had no authority to arbitrarily demand you fork over your hard-earned dollars until some 137 years after the founding American patriots, our founding fathers, they fought to the death to cast off the evil taxation without representation schemes of the British crown. They fought to the death because of taxation without representation. You're taking our money and telling us what to do, and we don't get any saying that to hell with you, you know? I saw a uh, meme one time, a little picture, and it, it had the, 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 Amer the American patriot, the rebel, facing off with the uh, British soldier and the red coat, you know, and the red coat says, you know, give me your gun and give me all your money and give me your guns. <laughs> and the, uh, the American rebel patriot says, piss off in more flamboyant language. But, you know, you think about American taxation and where we're at right now, they can't tax people enough to pay everything off. They could take all the money from all the businesses. And they're still not going to pay everything off. But Americans, 
were founded by a group of people that thought they thought it was worth fighting to the death to say, you can't just take our money and tell us what to do. And some might be inclined to draw parallels to our current circumstance. Given that, the majority of us do not support how the federal government continues to piss away our hard-earned dollars. But, friends, I do digress. That's more than we've got time for today. Regardless of how we look at it, we're being played for fools. According to honest intellectuals who actually crunch the numbers using actual math and not mathematics and the fart of a dog, you know, the numbers above can only mean one thing. If you look at the data... There's only one takeaway, and that is that inflation is going to get much worse. But I assure you, that is not the, the, the worst of it, right? That's the, that should be the least of our concerns. Because Biden, on Tuesday night, in his State of the Union speech, he, he made an opaque call for a communist revolution. That's what it was, friends, straight out the gate, you know. Albeit, it was cloaked in democratic niceties and colloquial woke speak, you know. It is the call for a communist revolution that is the much greater threat. Like I was saying yesterday, we were looking at the words from the Communist Manifesto. His words, they work like a dog whistle for the latent socialist impulses that have been branded into the subconscious of budding young American minds for several generations now. Now is their time to rise up. Now is their time to claim their title as the new ruling class. That's what communism is all about, and that's what Biden was pitching. Now, Biden repeatedly claimed in his speech over and over again, now, now is the time to get the job done. Why now? Well, I've been thinking about it, you know, because if they wait much longer, too many people are going to get pissed on enough to get pissed off and start asking some serious questions about all this political corruption. Taxation without representation? Wait, you mean they can't just take my money at gunpoint and threaten me if I don't do whatever they say? They can't do that? You mean that's not the representative government our founders fought and died for? Are you kidding me? You know, geez, I thought limitless government control of our lives was what democracy was all about. It's mob rule, baby. Bring it on. Oh, it's not just limitless government control of our lives, friends. It's it's that and state paid indoctrination from preschool through college and free cradle to grave entitlements and the mandatory moral obligation to keep all people safe at all time from all possible threats, where whether they're real or imagined. And if you think about that, what Biden was promising in his speech, you can just imagine. Perfect bliss is just a few election cycles away. Says Biden, quote, it's up to us. It's up to all of us. We all want the same thing, period, end quote. What a load of crap. What a load of crap. Do we really all want the same thing? Obviously not. That's why freedom is the most good for the most people, because when we have mutual respect, it's in our mutual interest and we can live and let live life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It's a free country. Do what you want, you know, but we don't all want the same thing. But here's the thing, friends. Here's the thing. People believe it just like they believe the story about the evil Russian tyrant and how the deep state had nothing to do with the Baltic Sea bombing. They believe that. Just like they believe that the government printing more money to buy Democratic votes is somehow going to reduce inflation. It's stupid, but they believe it, you know, just like they believe forfeiting their freedoms to a global cabal of commie tyrants is going to keep them safe and save the planet. It's sheer stupidity. But people sincerely believe it. You know, we could scream fools, but they don't care. They believe it. You know, I just want to dish up a few more lines here from Biden and then kind of flip the script as we bring this to a close today, friends. Biden says this. He says, quote, we need to rise to this moment. We cannot turn away. Let's do what we know in our hearts we need to do. Would we stand for the most basic principles? Would we stand for sovereignty? 
Would we stand for the right of people to live free from tyranny? Now, end quote. Now, I agree that we need to rise to the moment. I agree that future generations are doomed if we turn away. We can't just turn away. We can't just close our eyes and pretend like we're not seeing what we're seeing right now. We need to do what we know in our hearts needs to be done. We must, friends, dig deep and do what must be done. Will we stand for our most basic principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Will we stand for sovereignty and the right to live our lives free from this tyranny? Will we? Will you? Will I? Biden says that without democracy, everything, I'm sorry, without democracy, Biden says with democracy, with democracy, everything is possible. And I thought, what a hoot, you know, come on. I take that to mean that Biden believes the government can run roughshod over our constitutional rights, ban assault weapons now, you know, and, and the politicians can keep having their way with the American people because democracy makes everything possible, including the rampant political corruption and the consolidation of unlimited power in the hands of the global cabal. Friends, resist, we must. We are not bystanders in history, Biden remarks. And he's right. This is an inflection point, he says, and he's correct. This is our moment, he muses, and he might be onto something. We are a nation in a new age of possibilities, he opines, and perhaps, maybe just maybe, this new age of possibility will include a national come-to-Jesus moment and a reawakening of the American spirit. Maybe, because with freedom, my friends, with freedom, anything is possible. But our freedom to rise up and resist, it's fading fast. We can't get around that, you know, hence the need to act now. Biden finished his speech with these lines, and I think that we should all take them to heart. He says, I have never been more optimistic about the future of America. We just have to remember who we are. We are the United States of America, and there is nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together, period, end quote. We just have to remember who we are, friends. We're Americans. We're born free. It's a free country, and no one, not even the sock puppet, can take our freedoms away. This is our moment. Resist, we must. We need to help people remember what it's like to be living in the land of the free because of the brave. Let out your battle cry, live free or die, and live your life accordingly, friends. That is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or the website. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with someone. Share it with your family, with your brother. Share it with your mother, your brother. Share it with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.